COVID issue for all women. Hello there and welcome to our second lockdown sort of gig. Hannah and I were well chuffed to be joined by ace comedian Sophie Duker and Tanya Moore on a very hot Zoom call. We're talking foot skin, anal hygiene for cats, why we stand Michaela Cole and how she and Sophie are now BFFs forever. Yeah, right. Why powerful women get labelled as difficult, owning those dungarees, silver wolves, woke foxes, growing out of friendships and how there will always, always be gases to pass. We had a blast. I hope you do too. Hi everyone, welcome to our second Zoom cast because we love a portmanteau, so that's what we're calling them. <laughs> As with the standard, standard issue gig where we actually get to see the whites of people's eyes, we're going to start off with an introduction and that is your name, what you do and a random fact about yourself. I am, as ever, going to kick it over to Hannah Dunleavy to start. God, random facts. I have I have nothing. I, like, I've literally, like, emptied my brain of them. I'm Hannah Dunleavy. I am a quarter of the Standard Issue team. I have two cats sitting at the floor just staring up at me currently. They will gatecrash this, for which I can only apologise. <laughs> Tanya? I'm Tanya Moore. I am a stand-up comedian, actor, lover of all things on a plate that you put in your mouth. Random facts about me. <laughs> What's random about me? I don't know. I feel like I really am just open. What do I like and dislike? Oh, I dislike runny yolk. Like, why? Ooh. Oh, you don't like a dippy egg? Why? That's a lot of work. I just want to cut it and put it in my mouth. <laughs> You've mm. essentially put like the plate in front of me and now I've got to, like, do a whole moment. Like, no, I just... You have to flatten it and it has to be all fried. Otherwise, it's... I'm just going to eat the white bit. Sounds I'm with mad. you. <laughs> I am an over-easy person. I believe oh. that is what they're called when you tip them over. Yeah. Eggs over-easy, yeah. Mm. Under-easy for me. Difficult eggs, please. <laughs> <laughs> I want an element of risk with my breakfast. Like, am I going <laughs> to eat it or wear it? And, you know, you don't get that with over-easy. Sophie? My name? <laughs> my name? My facts? My name. My name, my facts. My name is Sophie Duca. I am a comedian, I think. Uh, though it's hard to tell during COVID. Uh, and a random fact about me is that a few days ago, I did a foot peel uh, with a shop-bought shop socks that you put on your feet. And apparently, like, four days later, they're meant to start peeling everywhere. Tanya, you can't see her face because it's audio. But... Uh, yeah. She looks horrified. She's disgusted. Uh... Uh, no, I have one. I have one. I want to hear the results. Okay, so I was like... I, I was quite into it. I was, I'm not grossed out by it. I was like, I'm ready for this. I was like impatient. I was waiting the four days. It's only happening currently on one foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one foot is like, I am the lizard queen. The other foot yeah. is like exactly the same. That's I don't, I don't funny. Know it's, it's even worse than it happening to both, I think. Well, I don't want you to think that I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but we are at exactly the same stage of the foot peel process. <gasps> Oh my god, how peel are you? My right foot is coming off in fucking strips, mate. My left (laughs) foot is adamantly clinging on to every last cell. Like, no. Wow! Never to be parted. Such a lefty, innit? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Do you think it's something to do with gait? Like the way you walk? Maybe. I used to think they were pretty identical, but maybe I just don't know my feet well enough. Like, they've got (laughs) different personalities. They react, they respond differently. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So what I lead with, you lead with a peely foot is what you're thinking. 
like more weight on it yeah oh like i'm doing a gangster walk it's difficult it's difficult to know because i i'm I, not mom, so basically so maybe maybe pimping pimp pimp roll yeah like a pirate like pimping is a soft bounce gangster's like i'm gonna kill you but pimping's yeah yeah. yeah, we never had shoes on when we were kids. My mum just didn't ever put shoes on us. Like when we went to school, and then that was it. So my feet are basically like hooves. Like, oh I, don't think, I don't think that they, that would do anything for me. Those socks. I think my feet would would absorb the socks. I think. Yeah, That's just hilarious. Part rather the than the other way round. <laughs> are you are you someone who scratches their leg with the base of their foot? Are you that yeah. person? And her ear. <laughs> she gets her ear as well. <laughs> <laughs> I am the person that scratches round the bite because I tell myself I'm not scratching the actual bite. I, I know I do that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, though, when <laughs> Hannah gets bitten, like her whole body just swells up. You are the most allergic to bites. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. You get hives. Um, oh god. Yeah, if I like, I got bitten on my face once here, and it closed my eye up, and I got sent home from work because they said I've been fighting. <laughs> look like I've been in like, and I was like, no. This it's is just an assumption they made about you. They were just yeah. like, they're like, you've been yeah. fighting again. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was a very mouthy teenager, to be fair. <laughs> Although I, I've never been in a fight. I that should have been my like, fact. I've never been in a, a fight. mouthy teenager. Yeah, that's I was really quiet as a teenager, and then I've been determined to make up for it ever since. But yeah, like little bookworm, they worried about me. I used to hide oh. on the top of the shed. So that I could read books in peace. What age did you break out of that? I reckon like 22, 23. Yeah, so my niece is exactly the same. We were just like, this is really weird, Leah. Can you at least like pretend you want to suck some dick? She's 21. (laughs) 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 She's into it now. She's dating. She's into dick. Thank God. She's put down the book. She's into it. I just know she's dating. So I'm just happy she's getting out and about because she was a book. She was literally never. She'd be the only person at a family function in the corner with a book. Like, what? what's wrong with you? Apparently, that's really common. The, uh, this generation, Generation Z, apparently yeah. has less sex than any generation since before the war. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like it, a pandemic it, it, must have skewed the numbers a little bit. about some shit. Say that again, Ben. <clears throat> I feel like a pandemic must have skewed the numbers a little bit. If they're trying yes. to keep their average up, I feel like the last six months have been... Yeah. Yeah. Testing times. <laughs> and my niece is 20. I know quite a lot of young people who don't want kids. I mean, I don't know if that's an error thing or if they've just got shit parents. But I know a lot of young people who are just against having children. And I just, I'm like, wow, already we're making these decisions? Yeah. I don't even know what trousers I want to wear tomorrow. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but maybe it's looking around at the world and going, do I want to bring more humans into this? Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. you just don't know what the future is going to be answer. like. You're like, I don't want to raise my children under the sea. Like, <laughs> little mermaids. Yeah. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. So it's just little mermaid quotes <laughs> me for the rest of it. Just sneaking in some copywriting material. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Less than 15 yeah. seconds, we're fine. Oh we're my fine. God, has there not been a live action version of that? That's going to be the... No, there has, there has. I need to, I need to be quiet. Oh, it's happening. Is. I think it's happening. Happening. Yeah. There's literally not a single dead horse that Disney will not flog for a live action version. Indeed. Yeah. Mickey, do your introduction. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm Mickey Noonan. I am also a quarter of the Standard Issue podcast team. I'm going to, for my facts, just tell you a little story about my mum that is what I term classic Anne. So recently, after a year, I finally managed to sell my house up in Halifax, having moved to London a year ago. Really pleased. Phoned my mum. She's 70, diabetic. Checked how she was doing in the pandemic first. Had a little chat with her. And then I said, oh, mum, I've got the completion date for the house. It's next Thursday. And she said, I can't believe you didn't tell me. <laughs> I was like, I am literally just telling you right now. Yeah. How, how else do you tell someone? Yeah, my sister does that quite often. My sister says, well, when was anyone going to tell me? She says, and I'm like, well, I'm literally telling you now. Oh, yeah, but when that's... was anyone going to tell me? I'm like, well, now. It, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm silent because I am that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a similar thing with the wedding. I reckon like four people said, oh, I didn't know you'd set a date. And I was like, no, but that's why I'm telling you about the date <laughs> you set. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? You're opening my eyes, guys. <laughs> People are the worst, Tanya. Um, I know. Okay, I have a question. I would like to know how the last few months have been for you guys, Sophie and Tanya. I know how it's been for Mickey, but you are welcome to join in. I'm going to start with you, Sophie. Oh, good. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's been... I think, I think, I think there's... I think... Here's what I think. I think being someone who's sitting here with you lovely ladies on a lovely podcast, I really feel like I can't complain. I could complain, but I don't want to complain because I know that a lot of people have it a lot worse off. I think the last few months have been like weird and hard. Weird and hard would be the two adjectives. Um, like there's lots of like little joys with lockdown, but they are they are very small. It's basically not a great time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I got you to, to I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll sure. You want, you want more depressing stuff? I'll, I'll go further. <laughs> I was by myself, not, uh, which something I'm not used to being. I normally live oh, in a house show with right. other people, but everyone fled the city. So I was by myself with a cat. Uh, that was not mine. Just, uh, just a cat sitting for one of my flatmates. And I, I think I, I, I got quite weird during that period. And I used to think that the cat was showing me little bits of intimacy. Because <laughs> she just like, <laughs> She'd like give me little like cute little licks with like just like poke her tongue out and give me a, like a little lick with her rough tongue and I'd be like oh I'm not a cat person but this is quite nice and then I'd turn around I'll and I'd see her using the phone <laughs> the same tongue Tanya the cat ten seconds not even ten two seconds later would use that same tongue and just start aggressively ribbing herself and I was like this cat does love me totally fucking flirting I see it. <laughs> I was just like, it's very hard. It's very hard to know what genuine emotion is when you just communicate with people on their screens and a cat that has no sense of oral or anal hygiene. <laughs> well, it sounds like they did have a big sense of anal hygiene, but maybe oh, yeah. you didn't want to be involved spotless. in that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you about your podcast that you've been doing about I May Destroy You? Because that's been quite the highlight, I think, of the last few. I, I May Destroy You on its own has been quite the highlight. I mean, I mean, that's highlight. That me. is literally yeah. the highlight. But the um, podcast has been fun. It's been great. It's really great. Yeah. So if you don't know what I May Destroy You is, uh, it's basically, just quickly, seeing as the podcast is all about it, I May Destroy You is a new show by Michaela Cole, who previously made Chewing Gum. And it is a comedy drama, though quite quite dark for a comedy drama, I will say, 
that covers a lot of things, including a semi-autobiographical experience of uh, rape. So there's a lot of stuff about consent and sex and race, and it's basically a mind-blowing show. It's fantastic. And I host uh, the companion podcast to that, which is called Obsessed With I May Destroy You, and the title of the podcast is basically its description. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's no bad thing. You got to interview with her. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big, I was like trying to be cool about this, but I got to interview Michaela Carl, who. Um... <laughs> Don't be cool oh, yeah, about exactly. the wind, girl. Exactly. You won. But I won. But like, also, I was like, oh, I wish this wasn't the pandemic because otherwise we'd be in like a podcast studio. We'd be meeting. Oh, person. yeah. Afterwards, like, obviously, we'd make best friends. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is gonna, be, oh, this is gonna be weird because I think it's someone that I've looked up to quite a lot uh, for quite a long time, and I like there's lots of similarities between us in terms of like our heritage. So getting ready to speak to her, I was like, the producers of the show were like, I don't know if this was because of me or because of Michaela, but they were like, if this if this interview doesn't go go the way that you're like you want it to, don't worry, we've still got like four great interviews. And I was like, why would it not not go the way that I, I wanted? Yeah. I actually think it's partly because Michaela, there's like been a big story around the show about how she turned down a deal with Netflix because they wouldn't give her any of the rights to her own show, uh, not even like 0.5%. They still had to go back and talk about that and how she's fired her agents. And I think she's clearly like a really independent, powerful woman. I think people are nervous that she might try and take control or be like an intimidating figure. But honestly, she's just a dream. She's just an amazing. I, I expected amazing. nothing less. I think that the, we're still battling the idea that because she st- stood up for herself, she's uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, guys. She stood up for herself. I'm sure she can handle a bloody interview. Stop being stupid. She was, yeah, she was fucking great. I can't remember. Yeah, I listened to it. The podcast was brilliant. Oh, thanks, mate. But she, like, even the fact that she listened to the podcast, she was like, hey, Sophie, I've listened to every single episode of the podcast. And I was like, Man, <laughs> I haven't listened to every single episode. <laughs> it was just like it's listening to someone who's been able to make something that they're so fully in. Like she started crying like during the interview, uh, like happy tears, I think, or allergies. But like, <laughs> yeah. so knowledgeable and had been so involved in every part of it that, like, even this process, which probably for most people is just like putting their feet up and like answering questions. Like this was just like just part of the process and part of like giving her baby to the world. So that was very inspiring to see although she wrote 191 drafts of i may destroy you i saw that and my 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 part of my brain sprung out of my head then like literal springs came out when i read that i feel like that was that was also another level of like abuse making her Mm. go over that 191 times the I result mean, was amazing yeah but also like how is she right now you know having yeah, to I'm like, and then I'm she glad... went through the acting of it and we all know scenes yeah. are not one take so yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just no. like how many times do you have to live this there's been like quite a trend I don't know if you've seen this uh guys um I think I don't know if you've seen feel good and also just like I think generally there's like a trend for the talent the lead talent in something being quite close to like mm. like quite close to their real experience so you're meant to think it's them like in feel good may martin's character is called yeah may, possibly martin A- um, ashling's things like that as well uh this way up ashling's things yeah mine, ashling's thing is brilliant related and, to what yeah um, like, and alba's alba's what's it called what's her what's her name's one? Oh, Sophie. alma's not normal alma's not normal oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant one. it's really good yeah it's like even if it's say even if they've got a different name to you if it's like about core parts of your experience which so much writing is you're kind of like 
going back to that really difficult thing which is like mm. massive gift for uh, to give the like to give all of us to watch it because i think that must be exhausting and so maybe sometimes mm. confusing and you have to fight with people about how it should be or how it should look so yeah i love that she just had complete control over it though because exactly what tanya said like how many times does she have to go through it but for this time she had all of the control and yeah. that must mm. have felt hard but good yeah, yeah. I can only imagine well. what the show would have been if it was 100% what she wanted it to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Without like the possible restrictions that she probably faced. Yeah. yeah. I think as well what's interesting that you said about interviewing her is, I think the key is, when women have bad experiences in interviews, and there, there was a whole series The Guardian did, there was one with Anne-Marie Duff that she walked out of, there was one Kerry Mulligan walked out of an interview because they kept repeatedly being asked questions about their husbands because their husbands were famous and they were like, are you here to interview me or are you here to talk about my husband? Mm. But the key is that that's because men are being sent to interview women or white men are being sent to interview mm. women of colour and that you have a touchstone with her. You have, you're around the same age. You said you come from a similar heritage. You're both women. So I think that's also a reminder why we need lots more women, lots more women of colour, lots more sort of just a variety of journalists, not just yeah. white guys turning up to interview women and asking them really crashingly insensitive questions about things yeah. that are really personal to them. Tanya, how's your last few months been? <laughs> are you enjoying 2020 uh, so far? Uh, <laughs> wow, what a segue. Um, I think I've been trying to be very solution-based during this time instead of sitting down wondering uh, if I'm going to be a comedian anymore figuring out what I can do if I'm not going to be a comedian anymore do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know what tomorrow brings so I don't feel like sitting down and waiting for it is a wise decision I'm lucky enough to be a trained personal trainer so I just started that up doing classes training clients I ripped my Achilles in February and yesterday I smashed my knee so I think I'm going to finish the fitness now ah, you, so you back to like, <laughs> wishing that the comedy comes back <laughs> you gave it a try so yeah I tried and I think I'm better off as a student because clearly I've gone this far with no injury now I've got ripped Achilles and the smash knee I think I need to just calm down I think I need to sit down a little bit but work's been nice I've been doing gigs I've still been doing some other little bits like podcasts and just other little bits you know um, I did a nice thing for Comedy Central recently and just that's it there's not much else to say I don't you really did, I saw you did like a whole 40 minutes like this week or last week oh yeah we did next up it was 50 minutes it was awesome I had so much yeah, fun yeah how was that like having your own show on the internet I feel like it was a lot of fun but I enjoy me so I don't know I have to ask them um, you like <laughs> basically all the best people already right, here this is great this is a great show I don't even need you in the comments um, but no we had a good time I did like 40 minutes of material and then I played a game for 10 minutes and they enjoyed that and then it was over so it was really really nice I enjoyed it how have you both found writing material? I haven't really been writing material I literally when I do the gigs because the gigs aren't the way a normal gig would be set up you can, you can either you can have a chat or you can do stand up or you can just engage for 10 minutes I've just mm. been telling people about what's been happening to me and then I'll get the recording back and then I'll just take from there what I think might work on stage but I feel like when we get on stage a lot of what's happening now won't be able to be said we're all going to be talking about nothing happening and that's yeah. a boring two hours so I feel like it's nice to get it off my chest now during the pandemic being able to like say the things that I've been thinking about 
But when life gets back together, I think I'm going to wait about a month or so before I start washing out the gigs. I need to live life so I can write about it. Yeah. yeah. Also, mend. You need to mend everything you've yeah, fucked you need to up. Mend that I mean, <laughs> I tell you this now. I went to the hospital today and I had to say to the, before you go in, not the hospital, sorry, the A&E, Beacon at Beckenham. And I, when you go in, they've got to test your temperature. They put a thing at your head. doesn't touch you. They just put a thing there and it lets you know. And then you've got to put your finger inside that reading thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, are we all putting our finger inside there? She's like, yeah, I'm... I'm going to do it and then afterwards you're going to put the sanitizer on. I was like, so I'm going to put my finger in that dirty thing, get all the dirt and then lock it in with the sanitizer. Is that what you're telling me to do? At the hospital? That's the procedure? She was like, oh, do you want to use another one? Yes, lady. A clean one would be awesome. I don't think you thought this through, babes. And then she was like, do you want to get the sanitizer? And I was like, so I'm going to put my hand again where everyone else is putting their dirty hands to sanitize? Are you listening to yourself? Like, I don't... It doesn't make sense. If we're all touching the hand sanitizer to get the sanitizer, we're all touching the dirt. It's already spreading. So why are we doing masks and all the rest of it if we're going to be spreading anyway? I don't want to be the one to break this to you, really, but it's not actually been handled very well. I just... Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's just a nightmare. So I got there. I didn't sanitise my hands because she wasn't going to touch it either. Okay, she's just, yeah, cool. It's like, you, you yeah. go for it, babes, but I'm yeah. not going to... Yeah. She's like, you lot can die. I'm going home tonight. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go and sit down and go and, and get, get my leg looked at. And I was very lucky. I had a very nice doctor who gave me way more information than I could even process at the time. But she was very helpful on how to get my leg better sooner. She also gave me some um, behind-the-scenes information. And also, because I was a personal trainer, she kept doing stuff like this. She was like, so, paracetamols, how many can you take? And I was like, lady, it's not an exam. Just tell me. <laughs> she was like, so what, what bone is this in your knee? What, lady? You fucking tell me. <laughs> I was like, why is she testing me? This is so weird. I failed, by the way. So oh, no. I thought you were going to say because she found out you were a personal trainer. She just kept, like, lunging and, like, yeah. doing star I, jumps. I wish. Am she I kept this? giving me exams, mini exams. She kept saying, you know, that the knee, you can't do this. Why? Why can't you do this? And I was like, are you, like, some secret auntie that I haven't met yet? Because she was really interested in me knowing my shit. And I was like, lady, I'm in pain. I don't even know my name. Just give me some backseat among. Send me home. Sophie, what about you? Have you been writing? Have you been able to um, get into that headspace? Like writing material, I feel it's it's quite frustrating experience. I feel it's like online dating. If you like chat to someone online for ages before actually meeting them on a date, uh-huh. because you don't like. I think I I'm not a fan of that. I think people like invest huge things. I could write things now and be like, this is this is this is hilarious. I wrote like a whole page of stuff on excessive flatulence, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is this is very funny, but I'm not going to be able to do it in front of people for ages. So by the time you meet them, you might realize that the dream the dream like the little twinkle in your eye was just like kind of like your own reflection and it wasn't it wasn't the spark of genius come on fart jokes are evergreen yeah i i know i mean i mean there's a lot of them in lockdown because of people were eating and drinking quite heavily but mm-hmm. i'm sure people will still be passing gas <laughs> when we come out the other <laughs> side and that's what we've got to hold on to guys <laughs> <laughs> Hello there listener, Jen here to ask you a little favour if I may. If you're not doing so already, you can follow us on all of the social medias. 
Well, not all of them because we're old and we don't know what all of them do. But on Twitter, we are at Standard Issue UK. On Facebook, we are Standard Issue Magazine. And on Instagram, where it would be particularly helpful if you would follow us, we are at Standard Issue Podcast. Also on Twitter, you will find me at Inspiragen, Mickey at Mixter Noonan and Hannah at That Dunleavy. Ah, go on, give us a follow. What have you learned about yourselves during this time where we've really had to get to know ourselves better? I'm going to start with Tanya. Oh, what have I learned about myself? I've learned that there's no point in me trying to be patient. I'm impatient, isn't it? That's it. I'm not going down this road of trying to wait for things. Now, I want it yesterday. And if it's not coming yesterday, then we'll just move on. That's what I've learned. I've tried to be patient. I've tried to wait. It doesn't bloody... I've read books. <laughs> I've listened to podcasts. I just I just won it yesterday. This is who I am. That's it. We're 38 years in soon. I'm impatient, babes. That's it. <laughs> That's where we live with it. And I'm staying there. That's it. I've given up. It makes me feel so horrible as well. Like, you know, you, you, you're really trying hard to work on things for yourself. And if it doesn't work out, you, you feel worse. That's what I've learned. I've tried to fix it. I've tried. I'm not. I can't do it. I'm impatient, guys. And we're in that space now. People are just accepting stuff about themselves instead of making it such a massive issue. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think this, I this is the one thing that we have learned in this. Yeah. That this was an opportunity to think, who am I? And do I like that person or not? Because yeah. Sophie was saying that she'd been by herself and I've been by myself. I genuinely think that I don't give a shit what people think about me. But it wasn't till other people weren't around, till it was literally just me, that I realised that there are things that I do that I only do because other people care about them. Like, for example, I I basically only wear jeans and T-shirts ever. But I do really like dungarees, but I don't feel comfortable in them. So I bought a pair and I wore them around the house and now I feel comfortable in them and now I wear them outside. Yes. So there was obviously something I felt about wearing dungarees in public. Yeah. So I just needed to get my head around it. I've yeah. also ordered a dress now. What? I know. Because I'm wondering <laughs> if that magic. I'm wondering if that magic will work with a dress. I haven't worn a dress for about 27 years. Why? Um, Why? Because I don't feel comfortable in them, and okay. because I wear them so rarely. The last time my mom saw me in a dress, she said, "Kind of looks like you're in drag." <laughs> and I get that. I do I love get that. Yeah. <laughs> I do get I it. I want to see Never. the dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, A, she never sees me in a dress, so it looks so unusual. It would be like seeing my brother in a dress, because she never right. sees him in a dress either. But also because I feel uncomfortable as fuck in them. So I stand mm. weird. So actually, that's probably the opposite of drag, because, you know, most drag performers are Terrible. really comfortable in themselves. But, yeah. So I feel uncomfortable, which I didn't realise. I thought I genuinely didn't care. Mm. But then also, like Mickey, we're both growing our dyed hair out. We're both going the colour that we should be. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I don't know if it's nice, but I'm not as concerned about it. And I'm mad. I want like 27. Oh, I love the greys. I'm I'm here for the greys, ladies. Oh, thanks. Don't dye it. Be natural with it. Own it. I think it's sexy. Why, if it's sexy on men, why can't it be sexy on us? Exactly. Sexy, man. Exactly. I so, unlike the iPhone, if you use emojis, if you type in silver fox, because of the word fox, a little fox pops up, but also a man with white hair. 
But okay. a woman with white hair doesn't pop up. Never. That no. is shocking. I think we need yeah. a different animal. My sister's doing it too, and she calls herself a silver wolf. A wolf? I was going to say a wolf. Yeah. Oh, I like a wolf. So, yeah, silver wolfing. Wolf is better because foxes are dirty and wolves aren't. I'm lying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like I say in that. <laughs> yeah, but foxes go through your bins more often, which is, I think, I think broadly appropriate. they are totally cute though we had a little baby fox in our street and i was like completely taken by it this wasn't even during lockdown i was just bored and staring at the fox for ages and then i heard that one of the neighbors had lost some chickens and i thought i don't want to think that was a different fox wasn't that really cute fox that i watched Uh. It was, it was totally that fox. fox. <laughs> he was ordering dominoes. Totally that fox. Yeah. <laughs> Spicy vegetarian. He doesn't eat chicken. Doesn't no, he's a vegan. He's a, he's a woke fox. <laughs> Sophie, what have you learned about Sophie? I've learned that Sophie is a dog person. Dogs sniff oh. asses, but they don't lick them. So that's a plus for the canine community. Dogs absolutely lick their asses. No, oh, not much. Plot twist. They lick other dogs' asses. Plot twist. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear this. This is upsetting me. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Someone's got to speak the truth. Someone's got to speak the truth. Okay. In the interest of balance, dogs sometimes lick their own asses, but they don't do it in such a <laughs> conniving way as pussycats. <laughs> I think I've learned about myself. I've done actually some shopping. That could have meant anything. It could have meant shopping. But it meant uh, chopping. I've chopped out some toxic influences. Oh, chopping! I thought you said shopping. Yeah. I no, thought you I said shopping. shopping. I did do some shopping. I bought the wrong thing at an online shop to get yesterday. But that's not important. Sorry. I have in lockdown learned since I'm not seeing anyone. I've learned a lot more about the kind of people I want to surround myself with. Yeah. And mm. there's been uh, like you know there are some like friendships or relationships that kind of just drain you, and you think like, what am I? actually getting out of this what good like what good am I giving the other person what am I getting out of it and I think for me it's given me like sort of space to see that I don't need those things in my life so it's been quite nice to marry condo uh the haters friends yeah yeah my mate used to call it a cull every six months he would do a cull but yeah how hard is it to let go of friendships I think it's actually harder than letting go of romantic relationships I think it's yeah. I think it's super hard. Luckily, the person that I've almost entirely excised from my life is a bitch, so that is that makes it easier. But I think sometimes you just like with friends as well. Like you just don't fit. Like you just don't fit anymore. Or you want different things, mm. or you just keep arguing, and it's better to kind of hold on to the good times and not not like keep on to what a shell of your relationship was used to be. But I think it can yeah. be as devastating, more devastating than breakups, uh, and people don't talk about it. Uh, I've only experienced true heartbreak from a friend losing a friendship once Mm. Um, and that's because I was friends with her since we were in primary school but life just took us on different paths and I love her because she's smart and she you know she's she's a lovely girl but I feel like I I went through uh, about two years ago I started going through a process of um, trying to let go of things that I was holding on to from growing up you know like experiences and trauma and all that kind of stuff because you know you're not going to get these answers or fixes from anybody else but yourself so I started going on this journey and I was like why don't you come with me because she holds a lot of anger for past things also but she didn't want to so as I was growing it started to get to a point where we were definitely going in different directions and yeah and then 
I felt every time I was going to meet up with her, I started to feel weighty. Like I wasn't even there yet, yeah. but I was already like, okay, like I have to go through a whole prep to be around you because I know there's going to be like at least an hour of just negative conversation that doesn't, you know, serve anybody at this point. So that was probably the first time that I think I felt proper heartbreak because I'm very lucky that along the way, all the friends that I picked up, I still have. So um, that's why I'm big on not having friendships based upon your career. I don't think that's mm-hmm. a smart idea for me because um, if our whole relationship depends on my career, if I stop doing this career, do I do I never see you again now? What, mm-hmm. do, we, what do we talk about now? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where do we go from here? So I'm very big on keeping my actual friends, my community, like keeping that sacred, keeping that safe, keeping that over there. Um, and then I can just, you know, go into workspaces and just talk to anybody, really, because I don't belong to anything. I, I agree. I've, I've never belonged to a gang of friends. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had friends that served different purposes for me yeah. and don't even necessarily get on with each other. Yeah. Um, I have some friends who uh, I have certain friends that I would ring if I wanted someone to give me sympathy. I don't often want sympathy, but I have certain friends that I would ring for that. I have certain friends that if I specifically want someone to tell me to shut the fuck up moaning and just get on with it, they will do that. Yeah. And so their personalities clash because mm. one of them thinks one of them's really soft and the other one thinks the other one's a hard faced bitch, but they both give me something that I really need. So it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I find gangs in that sense, especially like when you were at school, I find yeah, it quite, yeah. I used to find it really threatening and, and quite scary. Yeah. Mick. What are you asking me? What have you learned about yourself? I've learned this very day that I should not do Zoom calls in front of this window because it is very hot. <laughs> um, and, uh, I look like a Ribena buddy. And uh, I feel like I've, I've brought forward the menopause, which is only around the corner anyway, but it's happening now. You look like you've been on the Veno. <laughs> look hammered. Yeah. I am not. Yeah, but if you scoot over a little bit, you'll catch some natural light in and then you'll up away. And then, oh, come on, Glow. You have to go back a bit. You catch that oh. natural... Oh, come on, Glow! You're <laughs> <laughs> sort of dipping in and out of the frame, like up, down, catch that golden hour light. Uh, Hannah, what about you? Oh, you've learned to wear dungarees. I've learned to wear dungarees. I've learned that my cats are uncontrollable, as you can see, just crashing through the shot every time. Yeah, I've learned I'm quite happy with myself. And I've also, I'm not scared of, I always had this thing that because I don't have kids and because I'm not really interested in getting married or anything like that. The idea that I might really, really regret this in my later life and be lonely and old and bored and really upset. I'm not scared of that anymore because Ah. I realised I can quite happily fill the time and I have hobbies and I have interests, uh, provided I don't, you know, go blind or something, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, which, I mean, does happen to old people. So I think I'm all right. I think life is okay. I did have a tiny existential crisis in the middle of it when I hadn't seen a living soul that I knew for about, like, uh, two months. I thought, oh, Whoa. this is a bit much. I think I've been very lucky during the lockdown because I live a five-minute drive away from my mum and a seven-minute drive from my sister. So I've just still been Aww. going on doing it around. So I still see them. So, yeah, well, hearing that you guys have been alone, it's like I don't even know what that... I'm alone for, like, 12 hours in my room and I don't even know who I am after the fact. So I don't even know <laughs> yeah. who you guys are four months later. That's that's hefty. That's strong. I can't claim that. I've had company. And decent company as well. I also have a flatmate. Yeah. Well, see, that would worry me more 
that if I was stuck in a position with just another person and they were shut in with me, I would be really selective about who that person would be. Yeah. Also, you I, wouldn't I think be wearing about... dungarees, babes. No, no, mate, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I wouldn't. I thought what you were worried about was if you suddenly discovered that actually you do have a flatmate and they've been there the whole time. We've <laughs> 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 not noticed. And you've not been wearing dungarees. You've just been wearing this human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I think about some of the houses that I lived in and some of the people that I've lived with and the idea of being shut in with them for months, Yeah, I think, is way more scary to me and my psyche than the idea of being by myself. But yeah, that said, I've lived with lovely people as well. I better say that because some of them listen to say that just to cover yourself on the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I like the gamble of them not knowing. Okay. <laughs> they don't know if they're the good ones or the bad ones. Yeah. I would like to know what women in your life, either in your like family life or community or wider than that, celebrities, you really admired when you were growing up. I was just talking about this recently because my one of my first dance teachers I've always admired her and I still do I think she's absolutely awesome but she was the first tall dark skin lady who was unapologetic about it because up, up until that point I was very tall about my age and I was always like oh no I'm really tall and like trying to shrink myself and trying to hide myself but she was the first one and she was like no I'm tall I love it and I was like oh we can do that even still now I still I still think she's awesome I think she's amazing and she's a friend of mine now. Her name is Chantel, and I think she's fucking fantastic. Great. How tall are you? I'm only five eight, but I've been about five eight since I was four, babes. So it's a little... <laughs> yeah, that's a... she's pink. She's pink. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Size for a swing set. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I've always been tall. I think I stopped growing quite early, like about eleven. I've been five eight since I was about eleven. So when I went to secondary school, I thought I was going to be, you know, the giant. But there was a girl there who was six foot. I love her. That's it. I'm 5'8 as well and was lanky. And yeah, it did mm. feel really tall. But I too have yeah. two, two friends who are six foot tall, like two women friends who are six foot tall. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. But it did. It was weird, wasn't it, being that tall so young? I've been like a, I've been this shoe size for most of my life. It's crazy. What size shoes are you? I'm an eight. Oh, yeah. You beat me there. She's beat me there. Yeah. What are you? Are you one of those tall ones with like little feet? Yeah, size two. No. <laughs> I'm a size seven. So yeah, not too oh, far. Okay. Not too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you the upside of having small feet is I've discovered this recently. Um, my nephew, a couple of my friends are all got kids who are like 12, 13, that age. And um, they buy them expensive trainers and they grow out of them within about four months and yeah. they give them to me. Because they fit me, because I have really little feet. So I've got some quite swish converse coming soon. Um, Because it cost a lot of money that I would never have been able to afford. But yeah. Well, I probably would have been able to afford. My sister does that to me with clothes, though. But I'm not sure it's because she wants it to go. She just really thinks I don't dress well. So. (laughs) Yeah, I bought bought this for myself, but I outgrew it. Yeah. She's like, Tanya, I just saw your, I saw your Instagram post. I'm going to buy you something because it's out of season. And I'm like, who cares about seasons? It still fits, babes. Okay. That's all I care about. (laughs) It fits. There's no holes. It still works. Why am I buying something new? This is insane. She's that girl who buys seasonally. Who does that? 
I don't I, I, I don't even know what that means. I'm yeah. like, is it summer? Like I mean yeah. Spring, summer, summer, autumn, oh, winter. Wow. Every time yeah, so every time they bring out a new range of clothes, she change she has an eBay shop. She literally changes the whole wardrobe. She puts them in the bag and she's like, choose from there, the rest is going for sale and buys a whole new wardrobe wow. for her and her two kids. Wow. wow. I want their trainers. I want yeah. their life. I want to be born again to my sister. <laughs> I bet people have bought some absolutely mad shit in lockdown. Like I did. Sequin yeah. jumpsuits. I know someone else who bought a sequin jumpsuit during lockdown. They were like, oh, this is a bad purchase. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I want to I back it. That's a good friend, <laughs> Sophie. That's a good friend. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just, it was like, what on earth possessed you? If the sun ever hits this, I don't oh, know, you're yeah. worse to play. It was, it was terrible. We saw Kiri Pritchard-McLean. Mm. At, oh, yeah. I don't know where she was. And she was wearing something that was, she looked like a mermaid. She was, it was entirely covered in sequins. And the minute the light hit her, the whole audience just had to like, that was <laughs> no really way. painful to watch her. Oh, God. Like, oh. And every She's time like she beacon. moved, there was more of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. She does Sophie, rock a good sequin. She does. She looks ace in a sequin. Sophie, what women did you admire when you were growing up? Um, well, when you started the question, I was going to say my mother, but I definitely did not admire her growing up. I was like, you're ruining my life. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. I <laughs> had a big perspective switch on my mother, who just had mm-hmm. her 60th birthday. Happy birthday, mum. Happy birthday, mum. But I think when I was actually, not to like skip, skip up a generation, one of the people that really inspired me was my grandma. From whom I got my name because she's called she's called Sophia Duca, uh, which is like Sophia is kind of like a better version of Sophie. Sophie's not a very glam name, but Sophia's pretty swish. Yeah, uh, and she was just like she's like one of those amazing like matriarch women who like everyone sort of just is like, ma, oh, what should we do? Uh, she was pretty great, and I lived with her when I was little in Ghana. So um, she passed she, recently, right? Yeah, she passed recently. I saw that. Oh, Sorry, darling. Her. No, it's all right. I went to, I went to, I went to a funeral on live stream because I would have been at Ghana for her funeral, but they postponed it and it was on Sunday. And it was just kind of like, it was obviously very, very sad, but it was kind of like amazing to see, like just, a, just amazing to see even on this like weird internet thing, like the impact that someone's life can have. Mm. We're all like, we're not that far through of it, any of us. I mean, hopefully. Obviously, we could burst into flames wearing a sequin jumpsuit, but luckily now that I'm flag that off on the podcast, no one will make that purchase. How shit would it be if you burst into flames standing next to someone in a sequin jumpsuit? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what was happening in the 80s. Hannah, did you get this? When we were at school, like everyone was banging on about spontaneous combustion, but there were a lot of sequins around. There were. Maybe that's what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Just put an all-nighter in the rays of the sun come up. That is interesting, the thing you say about your mum, though, because, yeah, the perspective you get on the the people who, you know, older than you, the generations mm. older than you with, with age is, is one of those things that you always think. I, I, my grandma, she died when I was 15, and she and I full on hated each other. Absolutely oh. loathed the sight of each other. I found she was very goddy, and I was a pretty early adopter of atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, we really, really didn't get on. The things that I've learned about her as an adult, I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd met her. 
Oh. Like when you learn stuff about like that person in yeah, that when you story. Realize it always yeah. Way, though, when you're young and you don't get along with somebody who's older, nine times out of ten, it turns out you're exactly the same. Yes. Yes. And they, yeah. can and they can't Usually they stand just told you, you throwing yourself. them in their, in their face. Like I just yeah. can't stand it. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. that. It's interesting. The more I get to know Anne, or the older I got, the more I sort of appreciated Anne as a human being. And it's when you can see that break between them being your mum and them actually being a human. And the fact that she'd brought me up on her own and like, she was so young in a way when she had me. So I looked at what I was doing at 32 when she was like, she had a kid and she was on her own and she was working full time. And I don't think I could have done it. But at the same time, she is mad. And um, classic <laughs> Anne. Still... Mm. Classic Anne. Hashtag classic Anne. And the things that she's taught me about feminism and being a strong woman, she's shown me rather than the stuff that comes out of her mouth. Yeah. Which is yeah. mostly to be ignored, to be honest. <laughs> My mum was that person who, you know, I'm at, by 32, she had three kids. Um, working really hard, working three jobs just to make sure that we we didn't go without, you know. I'm 37. I can't even bloody go to the gym, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Much less to be trusted. Be a parent. But um, also, like, in recent years, I've just literally been like, she's not Superwoman. She's just Joyce from down the road. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. She's not the, the person who fixes all things. Sometimes she just can't. That's it. Yeah, and sometimes she's broken. Yeah, and sad, and she cries. You know, it's it's just it's just a thing. So yeah, before she was very much, you know, I only ever saw her as, you know, this this all powerful goddess being. And I was like, well, if you don't give it to me, I'm just gonna get my mum to give it to me. And that's how I was. I was like, no one cares. If you don't care, my mum will tell me yes. And if my mum tells me yes, it's happening. So I could say to police officer. You're not yeah. arresting me because Joyce said no. Right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but Joyce right, would right. come and be like, "You're not arresting her," and he'd be like, "Okay, Joyce." So I don't know what happened, but she fixes. She just, in my mind, she's always just fixed things. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And now I'm at that point where I'm like, "Mom, something like you can't just fix things anymore." It's not how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this has been absolutely cracking. Thank you so much for joining us. Have either of you got something that you'd like to plug or where people can come and find you and find out what you're up to? Because I know that gigs are tentatively starting again and, you know, yes. you might want to bump into Tanya in A&E or something. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if you do want to see me, I'll be at Beckenham uh, in two weeks' time for a smashed elbow. Let me rebuke that. Um, so, uh, <laughs> actually going to be back on my train to debuting my show. So, I'll be at uh, Brighton Fringe in October. So I'm Amazing. looking forward to that and um yeah, just, just writing and doing stuff. So just 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 jump online, tanyamore.co.uk and yeah, you'll be updated. Great. And Sophie? Yeah, I will be uh I'm gonna perform some cars at some point. Uh <laughs> if that doesn't make me fully die. Honk, honk. Yeah. Honk. It's not it's not a laugh, it's a heckle. Don't honk me. <laughs> don't I don't care if that's the protocol. Just let me let me earn my money in silence. Thank you. Um, so you might see me in a car park near you, which I think previously would have sounded yeah. like solicitation. I don't know where I'll be gigging, but I'll be doing little bits on the internet. So following me at, at Sophie Dukebox would be a wise choice, which is the same on Insta and Twitter. Thank you both so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. It has been an absolute gas. I've had a lovely time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Mick. Standard issue for all women.